Hello and welcome to an Irrational Passions article read. For this edition, I, Jared Green, will be reading my piece, Kratos Literary Device, originally published on April 27, 2018. After this read, me and editor Logan Wilkinson um, will be joining me for a discussion about said piece, so listen and enjoy. A lot has been made of Kratos' glow-up from the raging barbarian anti-hero to a remorseful demi-father, and for good reason. The worst things about the God of War franchise always centered around finding justification in a completely unjustifiable man. Maybe putting a bird's-eye view of this wild animal was all part of the plan. You're complicit in this fuckery, and knowing that you can't turn away and see how the story ends is supposed to create this moral friction in you. Or maybe no one did much thinking about Kratos at all. He rips people in half, slays gods and the ladies, and gets to be this power fantasy that violent action games often reduce down to, but to the nth degree. Young Cory Barlog was a wild and reckless man, and his art suggests such. Kratos growing up is evidence of Cory growing up. That's one of the common refrains echoing through much of the critical reception of God of War these early weeks at least. Kratos, the living embodiment of rage and irresponsibility, was a fire that burned white hot for three games, and when he has finally content with letting the fire die, he would wake up in a place completely unfamiliar with him, and be forced to reckon what he'd done. A great concept made greater by the new setting, one that's cold, dark, and norsey. Vikings are cool, right? They have beards, they wear fur, pillage, drink, etc., and the dimension-surfing godslayer ending up in a land of Thor and Odin seems like a pretty shrewd call in a post-Skyrim, MCU-dominated world. But the setting fits the second chance Kratos much deeper than the simple aesthetic jockeying. Kratos is a product of his environment. A lot is said about Kratos' extreme brutal persona in the old Greek setting, but ancient Greek myth is well known for creating outrageous and ultimately problematic and hard-to-like characters. Zeus regularly disguised himself as animals or other people's lovers so he can rape women. Hades kidnapped Persephone and kept her in the underworld until she gave up resisting him. The Greeks loved depicting their gods as petty and cruel authoritarians and loved using mortals as cattle for their hedonism. They also loved to create rebellious, semi-mortal heroes whose superhumanity is devoted to rebelling against these figures. Enter the Greek myth mascot Heracles. Heracles' strength was rivaled only by his wit. And if he couldn't lift, pull, or break a problem, he'd outthink it. Sometimes he'd do a combination of all those. Like when he was tricked into holding up the sky by Atlas and had to trick him into taking it back. Heracles worked hard, maybe too hard, and almost always to the service of a king or a god, whom he would eventually overcome through ultimate righteousness. He also checked several problematic boxes, like marrying three different women, all of which he had dubious relationships with, killing... Megara's children, and delivering Omphile as a slave, for example, and cheating on them all with more men and women than he is actually accountable. Kratos is a clay figure molded from the dirt of Greek mythos, and the worms that crawl through him are in all of that canon's greatest figures. He shares the epic burden of being punished by the gods and rebelling against them with the likes of Prometheus and my boy Sisyphus. 
He is twisted into the monster in the same way as Medusa was. He's as destructive to the innocents around him, even in the off chance that he's working to their benefit as Heracles. Old Kratos is Greek myth. So this new, reserved, contemplative Kratos is a jaded, well-traveled, newly settled down version of this Hebrew human. He's also a reflection of North's worldviews. Or at least, he's still in the process of being shaped and challenged by it. Norse deities may be no less cruel than Greek ones, but where Greek gods act out in self-preservation, Norse ones live as fatalists. Ragnarok is all of their futures. They know exactly how the world will end, how they will die in the final battle. Everything they do up until that point is in reverence and rumination of the end, or in celebration of life until that fateful moment. The wisest of their canon, like Freya and Odin, are sagely and stoic where Zeus and Hera were impulsive and reactionary. The image of the jovial savage that often accompanies discussions of the ancient Nordic people is influenced heavily by this old religion. A Kratos that actually thinks about his actions fits right at home here. The Norse world is brutal enough for him as well. Death is a ubiquitous fact in Nordic life, and the sometimes grotesque imagery used to explain natural phenomena or lore stands out. The sky is inside an ice giant's skull. The Nidhogg is a dragon with corpses in his teeth like wayward broccoli. Those who die honorably in bloody combat can be chosen to feast in the afterlife in Valhalla. Seems par for a guy who has torn heads in two with his bare hands. A cooler temperament hasn't made Kratos any less dangerous, but it's definitely made him more Norse. Kratos has many things, including a warped funhouse mirror, reflecting the world around him back to us in a gnarled muscled form. Purposefully or not, Kratos is characterization is not just a celebration of raw power fantasy or a tone-deaf expression of what we assume machismo is. It's also a pretty deft expression of our own ancient human legends, and ultimately serves as a gory reminder that inhumanity is so human that it was carved on our ancestors' caves and painted on our predecessors' pottery. How are you doing, Jared? I am good. Uh, have you heard about this guy named Kratos? I've heard a few rumblings about him on the streets. I saw a uh, a van that down by the was river, probably maybe an electrician, some sort of contractor. Mm-hmm. But their company name was Kratos. Really? Mm-hmm. Did they use him as a mascot? No. Oh, okay. I think Kratos means like power or something. That like sounds that, right, or, or like something like that. Anger, rage, probably. Maybe being bald. I don't know. I don't know what it means. You know what? I I lied when I said I when I gave you the presumption that I knew a Kratos. No, thing. like, but I, I, I was here for. I appreciated it. Uh, so you know, I'm done pretending I know what that means. <laughs> but I assume since you're here, you read the article. I did. I did read the article all those months ago. Even there were there was a few months between now and the time in which I wrote this. Um. Some would say it was around the time, like, the God of War game was released. When that was a big thing. Remember that game? Way back in uh, the before times of early 2018. 
apparently Kratos is the divine personification of strength in Greek. Figured. Very very on the nose. Yeah. Uh, name, I think. I agree. Uh, God of War was a good game, though. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it did things differently than the other ones, which I also appreciated as well. Uh, yeah, but I guess it's not hard when the other ones are like, yo, can you just hit square and rip yeah. everything in half? And I, like, I, I'm, I'm always, it's interesting too, because I feel like I was always somebody who like, I think, especially God of War 1 and 2, I think 3 is the messiest and the sloppiest in a lot of ways, and 1 kind of like the least kind of intellectual weight behind it, but I think 1 in particular really does really interesting things. Um, and so like, I was I always... Even some, 2 does to an extent. Yeah, definitely, right? And so I was, I was never somebody who like, hated Kratos, but I also was somebody who definitely acknowledged the fact that like, Kratos himself was maybe not the most three-dimensional character in games and was probably emblematic of that era in games, um, even as the story kind of around him, the world around him was really fascinating and really interesting. Like, that take on Greek mythology was really cool. And I think you see a lot of that in the new God of War, but also updated and evolved, and Kratos himself, I think, is the biggest example of that, right? Like, I'm, well, I'm sure we'll get into that, obviously, in a second, but like, yeah, this new one does really cool things, both with the mythology that it's kind of playing around with, but also the mythology around Kratos and what he's kind of come to symbolize. Well, I don't think Kratos needs to be a multi-dimensional character necessarily. I think the problem, the failure of the original trilogy, is that they failed to frame Kratos appropriately. Mm. Like, he doesn't need to have many more sort of motivations and emotions and sort of empathetic sort of hooks for us that he did we just there's just not enough people of any like real good quality calling him out on the shit like everyone who tries to stop him is probably a piece of shit too like he does lots of killing Mm -hmm. to get to aries it's fair and we assume aries is a bad guy Mm -hmm. and for the most part aries is a bad guy yeah even his you know his other godly hosts agree that his Ares family, is out yeah, of control. Yeah. yeah. And what he did to him was an example of him being out of control. Mm-hmm. So they sponsored his assassination, basically. Yeah. And then in two, they're like, all right, Kratos, maybe you're also out of control. Yeah. But we don't have a Kratos to come kill you. So maybe you should chill. And he was like, nah. And they were like, fine, and then kicked him out of Olympus. Yeah, Zeus Trips murdered him. Um, and which, which is where that game should... And then to, as an aside, just a brief tangent, it's like, it's like one of the things like has bothered me for approximately like 12 years now. Zeus was totally in the right in the God of War game. Totally in like... Right. Like, like Kratos, you were fucking... Out of control, my dude. And yes. like, and like, to be, like, it's like, like, Zeus like walked and like killed Zeus. Was like, hey man, like maybe just chill out a little bit, bro. And Kratos is like, nah, fuck that. I'm gonna just wreck this entire city. And Zeus is like, yo, but all right, maybe don't. I'm trying to like let you be like, don't do this, my dude. And like, even Athena, who's like, his like BFF is like, yo, Kratos, you were like a little bit like you've had too much to drink right now. You're kind of like out of control a little bit here. Yeah, like, just, why don't you just come home? Like, yeah, Kratos, just, just, just don't even worry about it. Just sleep close it your off, tab yeah. out. Come home. It'll be fine. And he's like, fuck that. And I'm the bartender's like, listen, man, you come here all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't want to start any show, but I can't serve you anymore. Yeah, and Chris is like, I'm just going to fucking burn the place down. And they're all just like, you know what? All right, we have to let you go. And in Greek mythology terms, that means we have to kill you. And like, 
Even Zeus is like very reluctant, like, I don't do this, but like, it's gotta happen, kill you, just gotta go to Hades, it's gonna suck, but like, you know, this is on you, my dude. And Kratos just like took that and was like, they fucking betrayed me, how could they? I <laughs> how dare understand. they? <laughs> where did they, where did this come from kind of thing? And it's like, I don't, I don't know, my, like, even then, I was like, I don't know, my dude, it seems pretty, uh, seems pretty much and like. And that's they, the thing, right? Like, they spend this time making him seem crazy. Because he is. Yeah. And they make him seem irrational. Because, like, he was never promised that he wouldn't be... Like, he wanted to kill Ares in hopes that it would somehow free him from his suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is, it didn't bring back his wife and child, so he'll never and be free from suffering. suffering. But he was yeah. never promised he was going to bring... That killing Ares would bring back his wife and child. He was promised that killing Ares would kill Ares, and that he would be free of Ares' control. Mm-hmm. And ascend as a god in Ares' place. Though that wasn't necessarily part of the agreement. That wasn't part of what happened afterwards. Yeah, exactly. So he assumed, like, this godly power would do this thing that was he was never promised would happen. And then when it didn't happen, he got upset. And the gods were like, why are you upset? We never said we could do that for you. Like, you can't bring them back, dog. They're, like, dead. And he's like, how dare you not bring them back when you yeah. didn't say you were going to? And then try to stop me from plunging the world into chaos and despair because my heart is full of chaos and despair like and they're like i don't know maybe you don't understand this but like you can't just kill everyone because two people died and he's like yeah fuck y'all yeah and then yeah. god of war 2 and then they spend the rest of god of war 2 and god of war 3 sort of villainizing these characters then. yeah like making zeus seem like he was wrong or really that he is such a bad like assassinating zeus's character to make yeah. his decision yeah which was based on a good idea and like from a good place make that seem wrong yeah and it's that, that, that's that is one thing that they kind of like continued over into like the new guy that i was kind of like really he was not in the wrong like look zeus is not perfect but like he and he's done a lot of bad stuff but like i don't know if i would argue this is one of them at all like it's like this seems no, pretty yeah. justified of, so the, like, of the things yeah. this has done this is probably on the short list of good things yeah like done. out of all the things to like try to nail him to the crossroads like this is a, like this is he's doing this out of like the interest of like the rest of the entire world and it's like i don't know guys it's, but like like i always thought like i would have loved if basically like what we've described happened in, in god of war 2 was basically like the entire game like it's like over the entire game it's like him getting more and more frustrated and angry and like kind of him like getting this power has kind of corrupted him like over time right and he becomes more and more kind of like lashed down like not listening to people and then like the end of the game is that scene with zeus where like it is like they don't want this to happen but zeus ends up having to, like stab him and he dies and like it's not a trilogy it's two parts like i think then god of war one and two become like a really powerful like kind of tragic story right kind of thing i think and like a really cla- like i guess classic two doesn't necessarily thing, need to happen like yeah two yeah. is just like a preamble to three yeah like, two like, is him convinced like freeing the titans because they're the only people who like hate the gods as much as he does yeah. but then in three he uses them to get to olympus and then cuts them off too yeah and like that's why i would like have loved because like, i guess in my mind it is more of like a classic like myth like a classic tragedy right like whether it's mythological or shakespearean or even like mod like it seems very much like the gods they're like one into right where it's like the first one is like him kind of being brought into this world and the second one is him being kind of corrupted by that and like him just kind of la- like being like self-destructed in a way um it's so, like i would have loved to see that game like obviously it's way more of a downer but but, but I, I mean god of war is kind of a downer like yeah but i, I guess the counter people would make is that like yeah but kratos isn't dead and it's like 
I would have I would have loved to have seen that interpretation of God of War where it is like Kratos doesn't make it to the end of the game. Like it's like Scarface, like where he gets in this big thing at the end of the game and then just like he doesn't make it. This big fight and he loses. Or not even a big fight, like he just meets Zeus and the game says, like, Alright, this is gonna be the time where you don't have a boss fight. It is just you meet Zeus and you have a cutscene or like probably a cutscene because it's two thousand and six and then you die and then you're dead and the game is over and that's it and like peace is brought to the world, right? And like that's like I've been like that'd have been a really interesting or not even peace, but like you're just gone. And like, that'd have been really interesting. I think like if they went for the almost, um, spec ops, the line ending. Sure. Or even like, they're like, yo bro, you were fucking out of control. You were the bad guy. The whole time, we got to right? put you down. Cause you're the bad guy. I would have loved that. Right. And it's just because like how powerful and like how, like, I think sad that would be compared to like where you were in part one, where, like we're doing everything possible to stop Ares. Cause you personally was so affected by like his crimes against humanity kind of thing. Right? Like he's like, injustice on the world and like you kind of become him um and like i feel like i would have loved if there was like maybe like a moment of like realization of that on kratos like right before he gets like right before he dies um and like it had been i think really poignant and really great and it would have been a little bit like spec ops a little bit like resistance 2 like we're the main spoiler for resistance 2 i guess but yeah, where he's you, like yo i'm turning into an alien yeah right and like he just like and he doesn't make it to the next game either and like i think it would have been really interesting right and like I think it would have explored that side of, like, maybe it's not possible to be the god of war and not become, yeah, like, maybe a there, monster Maybe there's something wrong with yeah, the position, exactly. not the person. Exactly. Or, like, I think or it, it leaves you with the, with the um, ability or, like, the dichotomy of, like, only certain types of people end up as the god of war and mm. none of them deserve to be. Yeah. That's a, that'd be... See, that'd have been such a cool, fascinating, I think, avenue to explore. And I like, think it's maybe what they do. It's yeah. just they don't do it very well. <laughs> that's probably fair because they want to video game it up but they don't yeah. want to tell they don't want to tell the story as it could be told like yeah that would be the greek way of telling that story i think yeah that's like insane. if this was if Kratos was an actual greek myth like he would go kill Ares, become a god of war maybe even become Ares because greeks are weird they just call yeah. him Ares from now on but he would start to descend in the same way because yeah. absolute power corrupts and only certain people are capable of such power and maybe especially uh greek myth like only mm-hmm. certain people of a certain caliber of a certain stock yeah can appreciate pure power so they then you have yeah. the same sort of bourgeoisie versus like the working class blue collar man dynamic that always seems to happen in these two yeah, it's embedded like, in greek mythology in a lot of ways like only the right sort of people can be yeah. powerful and even if they're bad they're the right sort of people so it's mm-hmm. okay um, and the, the Kratos they tell is still very much um, Greek in sort of design, which yeah. was kind of the point of the piece. I think especially that, in the first one, yeah, it's true, yeah. That the first three games tell a story of a Greek myth, like mm-hmm. any other Greek myth. The man who's super, who's been given, be it sort of at birth or by some other sort of divine interference this great power but usually in the wake of like some great tragedy and he's a a man that's complicated or maybe not complicated enough he can do anything except the right thing Mm -hmm. uh or even when he tries to do the right thing he does it in such a way that there's no great way to feel about it it's kind of like Mm. many of Heracles stories are like, yeah, he's super strong and can do anything. But like when he does something heroic, he almost has to balance it out by doing something terrible. Yeah. Um, 
and how most of these heroic figures in Greek mythology are people who have done great things, but also terrible things, like Zeus well, all the time. Yeah, and like that's Zeus, right? Is the, the greatest of the gods, right? But he's also the one who's maybe not the most problematic god, but he's definitely given it a run for his money, uh, right? He's he definitely might he's be. I I imagine like I can't think of a god more problematic, really. Like, maybe I mean maybe like. Hades and some of the, like, but like Hades then, is problematic in a different way. Like he yes. kidnapped Persephone. Yes, that's which I do believe. Like there are readings where it's not necessarily a kidnapping, but like a long wooing period. And I'm like, no, he literally took her. And like, yeah, took, like took her underground and just left her there until she got like Stockholm. Stockholm, basically. Yeah, but he also is like a man who's super lonely and can't leave Hades, or like has to be where the dead are. So like, yeah, that he has, has weird motivations, yeah. and he doesn't. He like. I don't want to minimize the kidnapping and yeah, basically don't, don't fridging of women because right, yeah. it's, it's not good. It's all bad. But he <laughs> yeah. did it because he doesn't know how to be a good, like a real fucking person yeah. because of his, like, in, his very unique sort of role in the Pantheon. He's just, he's like one of the triumphant, but he, unlike Poseidon or Zeus, is earthly in a way that it's so tra- like terrestrial, it's almost like... Yeah isolating he also very much he doesn't like, know how to like yeah, express himself because he's the short weird. end of that like trio deal right where he he yeah. didn't like yeah. he has great power over yes. so, over like a phenomenon that is like inevitable but yeah. in having that great power his responsibility is having to be constantly involved in it yeah so he has no time but like when something comes around he's like man man i wish she can just stay here forever with me because i can't go to her what if I just yeah. took her? Like that's not and, great. You know what? And like, not great. even because, like, to me, the greatest like Greek mythological character, the one that I personally love the most, is Odysseus, right? And like that story in the Odyssey. And so I look at him, and like, his is less like acts of like like terrible like acts that have committed on people, and more of just like he is a human right he's plagued he's almost plagued by his humanity right and in both good ways and bad ways right he's kind of he's condemned to that right and like that is a recurring theme in i think greek mythology whether the character is a ultimately like inherently really good one like i think odysseus ultimately is um or ones that are kind of more murky best case scenario um or ones that are just outright bad like they're all bit more kind of complicated than that and all kind of maybe relish in that is a weird word but like they they understand that and embrace that and they i think greek mythology really understands the grayness of life in ancient ways like it doesn't really black and white is not really black and white in any greek like in any greek story that i can certainly that i can think of something had like none of them are really like just black and white there's a good and bad choice here it's immediately more complicated than like the familial dynamics immediately come you can to play probably and, find them in small in small, small cases like not even small cases small version like small excerpts of a big story yeah but then that bigger like story a very right? easy yeah. like moral line drawn but then you like fill in the margins and you're like yeah. oh this dude sucks zeus zeus is good and chronos is bad and you peel back and be like well maybe it's more complicated than that actually like yeah, maybe maybe there's... they're both assholes <laughs> yeah maybe both are bad actually and Zeus just won. Yeah. And has a way cooler name. Yeah. That's that's but the it, thing. Like, ultimately, you can't be too mad at Zeus because, like, he's got, like, in the run for being, like, the coolest fucking name in, like, mythology, my dude. 
I mean, when you're the king of gods, you just call yourself whatever the fuck you want. And Boyle, he, he did he? Yeah, yeah. He, he went for it. Odysseus is a good example because Odysseus is like a human who yeah. finds and who people like in the myth mythology sort of describe him with godlike. Yeah. Sort of like they, they he's one of those people people like. Yeah, and it's attributed important. to being like as almost like as wise or as smart as yeah. Zeus and as strong as, uh, or maybe not as strong, but like as wild, but and as elemental as Poseidon. Like he's yeah. like a dude who's like a he's like a dude, but he's like buck wild. And to me, it's important too because like Odysseus is one of the only ones that like is just a, a person. Like he isn't like a demigod, really. Like I feel like so many of Greek mythologies have some sort of like connection to the gods and like very like blood connection kind of thing. And this is just like I'm just a dude who fought in a war and wanted to go back home, right? And like the the way that that became so that journey, right? That odyssey, um, like I find so endearing because it is such a like distinctly I think human story, right? He just wanted to go home. He just wanted back to his family. And, like he it takes him a decade. It takes him a long journey, right? He makes a lot of mistakes along that route. He makes he kind of stumbles and falls and veers off course. And I think in those moments, I appreciate it much more because it is just him making mistakes that if aren't understandable, at least like you can see where he kind of made the decision to make the mistake, right? Like it's not like out of nowhere. It is like, he's a man, he's a, he's a person. And so like, it's understandable that he would fall. Sometimes he'd falter short of kind of this ideal of him, but ultimately he is somebody who is like, Right, as like as wise as Zeus, right? As like as elemental, like you said, as like Poseidon, as kind of like courageous as like these great heroes, um, like Achilles and Hercules, but isn't a demigod, right? Isn't connected to the the gods and Olympus in that way. He is just a good person who still fails because people still like even the best of people, right? Still fail, still falter, still still fall short at times. But I think it's in the the struggle and the journey, the Odyssey, right, for Odysseus that proves just kind of the the total caliber of who he is. And I think Kratos, in a lot of ways, is almost like the inverse of that story. Um, like his own odyssey and his own journey over the three games. Not kind of the dumb bullshit, like where Zeus became his dad in the second game because it was stupid. Yeah. I still <laughs> oh, hate by the that. way. Like it was, and like, it's, it's so dumb. And like they did that like at the very end of the second game. It's like, no, like we've we played two whole games now. You can't, what, what are you talking about? You, like, you can't just be my dad. Like. No, yeah. It's and I st- it's still the thing like I legitimately hate the most in the entire trilogy because it's just so unnecessary and like kind of ruins Completely a lot of like, what makes it like, and it we, ruins a lot of what makes it point, cool. We believed everything that you told us so far because Ares just giving are you just inheriting Ares' power? Yeah, makes a lot of sense. You were just a normal fucking guy until you died almost on the battlefield and Ares gave yeah. you the power you have. So this makes sense to me. But yeah, now it's like oh you're super duper oh, powerful man. because Zeus also fucked your mom. Yeah, and that's and then it suddenly like changes everything, and it's like no, like I don't like I don't like that. I don't need like the father son. Da- I don't need any of this. And like, especially since there is no father son dynamic. Yeah, they don't tell any story after that. They're just like, oh, by the way. Yeah, now I hate my dad, and it's like, yeah, but like I, I mean, I, I mean, a again, why really though? But b, <laughs> but b more importantly, it's like yeah, but this this is not earned. Like, especially for, like they didn't just, like insert that so like attemptedly heavily in the third game. It's like. We're in the last act now. This is a lot to try to unpack as we're also killing every god around us, too. It's like, wait, wait this, is a, this is a whole, like, fucking, like, Freudian thing going on here. And, like, I don't have time to unpack this while I'm fucking ripping off Hades' head right here and, like, taking on Apollo. It's like, this is, I don't have time for this, my dudes. And 
so in that way, I think it's kind of spoiled a little bit, but like, I do think it is kind of the inverse almost of Odysseus' journey, right? Because they each are just dudes who have been in wars, right? Like, one of my favorite things about Odysseus is that he's in the Iliad, but just like, as not as a bit character, but like, sort of as a bit character, like, he's just kind of, he's not the star role in that. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, and there's Odysseus. He's just, yeah, he's there, right? But I think it Doing kind of Odysseus makes... shit. It's kind yeah, of like it... Achilles. Yeah. And the story, like, the like Achilles is not the the main character as far as the Trojan War is concerned. But he's there because he's important. Yeah. And, and, like, every, and like, he's a person exactly. he would definitely call if you need to kill motherfuckers. Yeah. And Odysseus is just kind of there. And I liked it because I think it makes what happens next even more powerful with the Odyssey, where it is just like, he's, he's just a dude who fought in a war for, right, years and years and years and years and years. And the entire time he just wanted to be home with his family, right? And then he was just kind of there. He wasn't like the fucking commander in chief, and he wasn't the war hero, right? He's not Achilles. He's not like one of the gods leading the fray. He's not one of the commanders of the army. Even he's just he's a mid tier guy basically, who was kind of caught up in this, and then now wants to go home, right? In the same way, like one of my favorite parts of the new God of War is the very end of the spoiler. Alert, spoiler, alert, I guess we should have said this at the top. Spoiler alert for God of War, the new one. Um, is at the very end of the game, right, where he talks to, like, Eritreus and talks about, like, where that name came from, right? And, like, that he, it was, like, the most courageous and bravest and finest warrior, like, he'd ever fought alongside, right? And, like, when he had died, he carried him all the way back home, right? And, like, he was going to name his son after the greatest man he knew, and he chose Eritreus. Um, and I think it humanizes Kratos in a way, which is, like, again, at the end of the day, like, despite all the baggage and, like, what he kind of, the monster he kind of became at when all began, he was just a soldier, just a dude caught up in a war that he didn't start, that he didn't have any sort of control over, and he was basically fucked over in that. Like, a lot of people are fucked in most wars. And then how he responded obviously kind of led to the series of games. But, like, I like the fact that both stories are just... There's just dudes who got caught up in events that they had no control. They're, like, swept up in a thing they never would have been on otherwise. Um, and so I think it, it kind of, again, leads more credence to the humanity than both these people. And it's like, like you mentioned a lot of Greek, um, and Roman from the same, it's the same, it's come from the same cloth. Here. Yeah. Um, a lot of these characters are, even if they are somehow metahuman or demigod, like they all still sort of take the same thrusts or inspirations from like, terrestrial things like mm. Zeus loves drinking <laughs> like he likes sex he likes money why I don't know but yeah he it does is weird because the money one for a god yeah he just likes doing things that rich people would do except he also can throw lightning bolts um, yeah and it's it, that becomes like it's the vice almost that grounds these characters because yes. they're not bigger than these things that make everyone bad. Mm-hmm. And um it, it sort of also it's like a somatic sort of expression of the power of even things even people who are better than human. Mm are shaped like humans. And if they're shaped still, like humans still the and, same flaws, and act like right? humans in ways, they also yeah. can fall the same way. And I think that's yes. such an interesting thing about Greek myth. Um, I think that Kratos himself is a guy who 
is you know he turns it up to 11 and it's everything out front yeah and can seamlessly go from like you know cutting his way through a hallway to just like stumbling across a double queen size bed full of harem ladies and just bang out real quick and then go back to all the killing God, it's so bad because he is because that is like the greek myth condensed yeah, it's like a greek unabridged yeah. or abridged it's like everything the id is running around buck wild mm. and doing whatever mm. it can do and i think yeah. a lot of greek myth is that way and it's just taking everything to the most extreme or the most gaudy to tell the story in the most like highly sort of effective and offensive way in lots yeah. of ways i so think god of war times. the original games do a good job at doing the same thing um in way in like sometimes like very much like not subtle ways like as just described um or like finding random slave and be like yo sh- she's like yo can you help me and you're like no and you pick her up and just put her on and kill her and just put her on a button so you can hold the thing down so you can get through a gate like Clearly, that's just like a, the worst way to express a person who has no interest in helping humanity, even though he was one, and like he's lost his way. But they don't tell that story very well, as we mentioned. But it also do, does a good job of like further personifying what larger than life can be when it comes to certain heroes. Like Her- uh, Heracles in God of War Three is enormous. Like not like a person isn't that big. Like this is a large man. Mm-hmm. Like a super duper large man. Like Kratos is a large dude, but he is like half the size of this guy because <laughs> it it like it makes what those legends say about him make sense. Like mm. a person this looks like a person who could kill Nemean Lion with his hands. Could hold up the world. Could hold up the world for a short amount of time because Atlas tricked him. Like they do a great job at making that um feel real it's not just me imagining kevin sorbo trying to do it like this motherfucker could probably do it um but i think the the crux of the piece itself was how the video games even if they don't tell the story very well tap into this base sort of understanding about how these stories are told um and do it so well that it's almost even more noticeable when they change the entire script and move to a completely different uh, group, like a, a completely different canon or a completely different pantheon. Because how Norse mythology deals with these things is completely different. And part of like Kratos being sort of more complicated and more layered is that... Greek or Norse myth is more complicated and more layered, or maybe yes. even not much, maybe more complicated as much as it's more subtle. Yes, um, there are more nuances to it. I think there's more nuances. There's much more um, sort of mystery and mm-hmm. uh, I think that that saves so much room, like so much mysticism, like so much room for for questions, but things you don't really need answered, like. The the base question they ask all the time is in that and the new God of War is how Kratos got there, and they never answer yeah. it. Yep. He just did, and like you don't really need to know why. It's a good question, but after a while, it's not one that's important. 
you just recognize that this world's so full of such strange magic that these things could probably be possible. And for for me, it's one too where it's like North mythology is also, I think, and this is conveyed in the game. It's also just it's tragic in a different way than Greek mythology, right? Like. And your piece yes. really goes into this in a way where it's like they all know the world's going to end, and they know they don't just know that it's going to end. They know how it's going to end and how they're going to die and their like particular role in there. And they're, they're all not they're not even haunted by it. They're just aware of like Ragnarok and like that it's coming with every day. It's like they live their lives with that knowledge and they live it kind of in a, maybe not a celebratory way, but like in a in a manner like that. It's like they, they they try to get the most out of every day for like because of that and like they're aware of that. But they also think, are at the end of the day, that is the back of them. They're kind of weighed a little bit by that, too. There's a bit more of a seriousness because they know how it ends, right? Where the Greek gods, this, we're going to fucking party forever. We're going we're gonna to do this forever. Like, there's nothing that's going to stop Zeus and Poseidon and Apollo and Hades and any of these kind of people, right? Like, they're just going to do this forever, for all of eternity. This is their story. Right? There's no end of the world, really, like, myth in Greek mythology that's even close to the equivalent of, like, the paramount rule the foundational of ragnarok in mythology for the north and so it's like i think that conveys very different things too in terms of like how their stories and how the characters and mythological figures interact with each other in their different systems as well yeah like as we mentioned greek gods sort of live like humans <laughs> yes and they were they they fall to the same sort of paranoia and existentialism that humans do yes. even though they don't have to like Greek gods live like they're going, like they're running from death, even though most of them are immortal. Yeah, like they don't need to run from death; they're not going to die. They overindulge in the things that are happening on the, the terrestrial things. It is uh, as if they're never, never going to be there. Yeah, like they don't need to do that, but they do it anyway because they live in the same fears we do. Yep. Um, for some reason, like, and, and I think some of it is because like they are sons and daughters of titans who are. Who are more like Norse gods than anything? Yes, they're just kind of elemental creatures. Yeah. Really, they are as old as time, and are and in some cases our time. Um, yeah, where these are like the rebellious kids of time. Some of them can die, but they some of them. But really, they're just like fighting against the insult of humans trying to like do yeah. the, steal their things and do the things they do. Where Norse gods, like you said, all know how it ends for them. Mm-hmm. And then most of them live basically in sort of a reverence of that knowledge. Yes. And respect for that knowledge. The ones that don't are usually the villains. Yeah. Loki and hell, I was for gonna example, say Loki, they yeah. often plot to sort of how circumvent Ragnarok or start it early or try to figure or try to change destiny. Yeah. And they usually fail. And the irony for me too in that is that like the it is the ones who try to kind of resist Ragnarok and kind of resist that kind of what is set that are the villains and more the point it's it's through them trying to make it not happen that it kind of sets off Ragnarok ultimately in like the final version right it's, it's Loki trying to like not make it happen it kind of happens and then like you just everything kind of starts to spiral from there right like it is at least in some of the tones of it and so it's like Alice the fact that like ultimately it's when you try to fight against your destiny in this kind of in this kind of mythology that that's what kind of kickstarts it to happen right it's when you try to like 
not die that you set off the death of everything. Yeah, um, your, your desperation to not die usually means some sort of reckless activation of things that kill people. Yes, yes. Um, it, and, it's, and it's in more stories than just these. Like Yes, absolutely. If you've seen Dark, I don't know if you have, on, on Netflix... It's uh, I've not but yeah. almost like a similar story to this. It's like t- something ha- like time is is what it is, and no matter how much you struggle to work around it or work in its in spite of it, it's always going to be what it is. And the less you respect that, the harder it's going to be to do anything about it, mm. if there's anything to be done about it at all. Um, and I think this Kratos is molded in the that image. This Kratos lives in the woods, just kind of chopping wood. Hanging yep. out. It was what completely content with not being a factor at all on this world until he had to be. Until his wife dies in the beginning of the game. And whatever magical influence she helped in masking him with also f- fails. And all these creatures who kind of knew about him or knew he was here cannot go find him. And now he's upset. Um, him trying to live in friction of this new world based on the man he used to be and the man he's trying to be now is like watching North and Greek myth sort of slap together because no one like there, everyone in the North, the Norse like pantheon. And especially in this game are personified as people who are tough guys. Like no one thinks they're not tougher than Kratos and yeah. they're not. And everyone here is like with the shits. Like there's no one's, no one's running from Kratos. Mm-hmm. Because they all have, they're all powerful too. Yeah. Um, but they're all usually taken aback by like Kratos's like completely on his sleeve rage, because mm-hmm. no one's seen shit like that before. Yeah. Not here. Like people have seen rage here, but not like that. Yeah. Even like uh, what's his name? Uh, Boulder. Yeah. Even Boulder, who is a man fitted by rage, has never seen rage like that. And it's it's interesting for me too because right like. The Greek mythology is hedonistic culture again, like to the max, to the extremes, and then like pushing past that even, right? And like North mythology is not that at all. It is, as you kind of mentioned in your piece, and I'm like, it is like fatalism, but like not sad fatalism. If that's like even, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like a respectful fatalism. It's just like we are going to die, and we know how we're going to die, and we could be kind of saddened by that and we are in a way but it's also that means like we know that we can that we have this many days if we have this much time we're also going to live it right and like i it's maybe my favorite paragraph from the piece it's certainly a really good one so i'm just going to quote a lot of different pieces of it right where it's like norse deities may be no less cruel than greek ones but where greek gods acted in self-preservation norse ones live as a fatalist ragnarok is in all of their futures they know exactly how the world will end how they will die in the final battle Everything they do up to that point is in reverence and rumination of the end or in celebration of life until that fateful moment. The wisest of their canon, like Freya and Odin, are wise and stoic, where Zeus and Hera are impulsive and reactionary. The image of the jovial savage that often accompanies discussions of the ancient Nordic people is influenced heavily by this old religion. A Kratos that actually thinks about his actions fits right at home here, right? And it's that thing of, like, they... Greek mythology is reaction and impulsive and emotional, I think is the key word for me, right? Like, and Nordic mythology is a lot of things, but I don't know if I'd go to like to emotional in that same context as it is 
and Greek. It is. It seems much more kind of contemplative and things kind of happen, I feel like, at like a slower pace, um, deliberately slower in the way where it's like Ragnarok is happening in the future, right? Like the, like the end, the big fight happens so much further down the line. Right? It isn't like, and recognize, like, I say that people know when they're going to die. Chances are they do, but they only know when Ragnarok is happening when they're going yes. to die. Like, they know the pattern, the sequence of events that kills them. No one knows mm-hmm. when Ragnarok actually starts. Yes. So every There's time no, like, something big inside. happens, they're like, this could be it. So they are living in wait, but they're also, I mean, maybe not in fear, but they're definitely waiting for something. Yes. They don't know what the, something looks like, but they'll know when they see it, they hope. Yeah. So every and time something big happens, especially in this game, they're like, maybe maybe now it's maybe Ragnarok's this now. It. This is it. And like, and I, and I love the tease, that like, spoiler for, again, for the game, like, the game ends and it is the beginning of Ragnarok, right? Like, Ragnarok is starting now, right? And like, it's the only recognize because like the long winter, right? And like that first time, like they begin, really begin like to kind of have the discussion, right? And, like it's like this is the thing that sets it off, right? And like I also love the fact that Greek Greek gods live with yeah a fear of being killed, even though they can't die, and Nordic gods have maybe not no fear but accept their fate even though they're going to die, right? Like they know like they know they will die and they're not really afraid of that. They've kind of accepted it. And Greek gods can't none of them can die really. Or certainly none of like the main ones can die. And they're all terrified of that, right? And like I I love that kind of dichotomy at play there too, right? Where the ones who can't possibly die are the ones who are the most afraid of that, are most afraid of losing that, or the ones who are for sure going to, a hundred locked in to die, are the ones who kind of have found some sort of peace with that. Um, and like and how even like the ones like when you in in God of War four, um, when you fight Magni and Modi, yep, they fight you like almost in they're in disbelief when they realize they can lose because yes, they know yes. that they're supposed to die at some point, but not here. So they're just gonna fight you because they assume that you're on the same schedule they are. Yep. But then when they recognize Kratos isn't. That's when like real fear hits them mm-hmm. for the first time, and which is interesting, an interesting yeah, reinterpretation right? of that. Like what Kratos is in in his attempt to try to fit in, in not really trying to fit in and to know what's going on there, but to just be out of the way and go with the flow. When the flow goes against him because of just how it works, he becomes all the things that unsettle this very settled place. Like. Mm. Mm. Modi and Magni did whatever they wanted, basically, because they assumed things will just continue. We'll go back to a baseline until Ragnarok. But the presence of Kratos is so jarring, especially to them. And maybe that's what starts Ragnarok, because there these things that were just acting as they were can no longer do so. So it's like, yeah. is Ragnarok an inevitability just sort of in time, or is Ragnarok a person, or is Ragnarok yes, a, right? an event? And, like, the catalyst for that, right? And, like, a thing that I really, really, really love and appreciate about God of War 4 is how it did start to kind of twist and turn and kind of do its own version of Ragnarok and then it's up to it, but also playing, if you paid attention, like, really closely to certain things, too, right? Like, Baldur's death is what sets off Ragnarok in, like, Nordic mythology and kind of the storytelling in general, Right. But there where he's like the gold, he is like the good God in a way. 
here he is very much not that, but it's still his death that sets it off, right? And it's still, um, it's like Loki is the one who, like, leads to his death, right? And the fact that, like, Air Trace is revealed to be Loki in this game, right? And, like, he's, like, responsible because of, like, the, the, like, hemlock or mistletoe on him, right? And, like, which, as as an aside, too, like, because I, I, I've, I knew, I know a fair bit about Nordic mythology because I love mythologies in general, and so going into God of War, when they when Freya gave him like the mistletoe and put it on there, um, I was like, that's the, that is the thing that's gonna kill Balder. I know this story. I know how Balder dies. I know that like I didn't think he was Loki, yet, but I was like, I know that that's gonna be involved somehow, like to kill him. But I was like, but I can't remember what it is. I know I don't know what it is. I couldn't remember if it was like I couldn't remember the mistletoe part. So I was like, but I know that's the thing. I don't know what it is, but that's the thing. And then when the game like revealed what it was like, fuck, it's mistletoe. I knew that like I knew like every aspect of the detail except for that, right? And like the way that like in like classic Nordic mythology, it's like all of the gods line up and like throw things at him, like throw like everything in the entire world at him to try to like hurt him, and he just like laughs off because like nothing can harm him. And here it's the fact that like it is like by total accident and happenstance that he like dies, right? Like it's not like they're not throwing the entire world at him. It's just like he picks a fight with a kid, basically. Um, yeah. and comes out on the wrong side of that. I also and, love like, the sort of um on the the turn on its head they do of Balder's story. Yes, right. Um, Freya who was just a mother who didn't want to see her son die did this to Balder basically and Balder yeah. did not take it well because Balder wants yeah. to live like a person. He wants to be able he to, wants drink to experience and get drunk and everything. wants to experience living knowing yes. that death is happening. So in protecting him from death, this inevitability, she's made she's cursed him basically. Yeah, and he thinks, worth he feels deaths. it as yeah. a curse. Yeah, um, which is like a great juxtaposition to Greek mythology. Like, yeah. so any one of them that could feel nothing and be immortal would lo- would revel at the chance to do so. But he, <laughs> he, knowing that he can't die like everyone else when it's come yeah. times to die, like infuriates him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he- and like, it's such a great sort of intro, like sort of weird, almost colonization of Kratos, like the. The man he has, he can't escape, is also a bunch of shit. He also can't escape. Like he is yeah. bigger than just himself now. He's a yeah. lot of other things, um, that are just automatic around him because that's just just his sort of, I don't know, untenable nature and his his sort of his own personal inevitability mm-hmm. is such that it's so jarring that everything has to change around him. So he's like another example of like dramatic change that upsets everything. And that's the story here. Like, dramatic, yeah. like, these people were fine just doing what they were doing until you showed up. And, like, there's no way you couldn't make it worse. Because anyone asking questions is going to ask a question you don't like. And it's going to set yeah. you off. Because that's what it is. Or they're going to fight you and you're not going to, you're going to fight back. And then they're going to have to die because it's what Kratos does. But what I love is that, like, Kratos is self-aware in this game in a way that he was in the other ones. Right, right. he recognizes that. Like that's why he, he is doesn't in the recognize he doesn't that death want to follows be, yeah. him. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But in this game, he does and does not want death to follow him. But he has yes. no choice because if he has to yeah. take his son to this place, everyone's asking questions, and some of them are going to have to die. Yeah, and it's, it's it's totally that thing too. Like he's very deliberately where he's at. Right, he's very deliberately secluded off in the middle of the forest where he doesn't want to be involved. Right, like. I also love the fact that, like, this game, Kratos is involved only by accident, right? Like, he's not he's not the target that they're going for, but he just kind of, by pure accident, is the one who gets kind of dragged along, right? Like, they're not looking for Kratos. And the way that, that kind of plays it, where, like, he 
is not the center of events necessarily in this game, right? Like the entire fact that like Odin never appears, right? Like Thor never even appears. Right? Like these like the main gods are not really involved, right? And even like but you see, Freyr and Boulder like are only their, by accident. You see Thor's presence, like yes. in statues, like and hear him yes. really, like you hear thunder, and people reference that's Thor, and he's an asshole. <laughs> a lot but, of Thor's being an asshole, yeah. But the, when you do see a god that isn't Boulder, he's like. Or I guess that's a giant, but, like, the last boss fight is a fight with a dead giant, basically. Yeah. And, like, that's the kind of shit you're dealing with here. Like, Baldur, who's, like, human size, or the head guy, what's his name? Um, oh, oh the tree. fuck it. Yeah. Um, and then really larger, good, yeah. these super-duper larger-than-life Heracles-sized motherfuckers who are also the, the work here. And, yeah. like, by the end of that game, Odin knows you're here. Thor knows you're yes. here. Yes. And like none of that and people are not talking about them in like ways like oh the, y- you'll be fine the since they know they're here. No, absolutely not. Yeah. You you everything will be gone, right? And like but one of my favorite things too is that like and it seems obvious, but like Kratos is such a radically different person in a lot of ways, right? Where like like my favorite part of the entire game is possibly the basically the end in um, after like that confrontation with like Freya and Balder, I mean, as, as it happens, that final confrontation with Freya and Balder and Aerotrace and Kratos all together, and it's just like Kratos as he's like choking out um, Balder, just being like, "We have to be better than this. We have to be better than this. We have to stop this cycle, right? The cycle of like gods killing other gods. We have to be better than like that line. Particular, like, we have to be better than this, right? And so like the 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 idea that like Kratos is literally like the walking embodiment and symbol of that of that thing of like not being better than that literally of like letting the rage and the anger and the fury and the fears and paranoia consume you right and lead to just utter destruction literally the the devastation destruction of an entire mythology all around him and then for him to get to this point now very fittingly i think in like kind of the nordic culture to be like we are only sowing the seeds of destruction and our own devastation and like son against son and father against father like son against father mother against daughter kind of thing like we were killing each other we're destroying our families our family our bloodline is poison um like we are maybe in a hemorrhage kind of being like we are the problem we are the issue maybe like maybe the world is better off without us like we have to be better than that um i think it's something that is earned after everything that's come before and even as it's not necessarily earned at times in some of the earlier games, it is here, I think, that moment, that speech, and kind of his hope, I think, for the first time, like, the one moment where it is, like, pure hope that, like, Eritrace can be the one who does break the cycle, right? Like, the one that can, like, kind of end this cycle of, like, fathers, I mean, sons come their fathers, um, and families kind of destroying one another, and, like, letting the worst aspects of being a god supersede the positive aspects presumably being a god right and like i loved that moment it feels very true to a like a nordic story and nordic kind of culture in a way that just blowing everything up feels right for a kind of greek mythology one like this seems like an older kratos fits in this one way that it wouldn't have in greece and as soon as eritreus learns that he's also a god his immediate tone shift to like I just he I'm I'm in fucking flips out yeah things. he turns into a Greek god in a Norse world and yes. Kratos sees it's himself very in it. jarring and yeah. you're like this is this is why this is bad this is why he 
has such sort of weight around him because even when he tries yeah. not to be bad, he has no choice because his presence just corrupts because that's just who he is. That's the world he's lived in his entire life, basically. Yeah. And even like someone who has no idea of that life can be that because it's association with Kratos mm-hmm. and it's association with this other world, this world full of people like that. And yeah. fostering this, this child with knowing that he can just become that without ever knowing what that was is like incredibly frightening to Kratos Mm-hmm. It should be also incredibly frightening to everybody else in the myth, which I, I assume, which is why everyone's so paranoid about these people, because, yeah. you know, this is existence. This is like these are questions people like Boulder and Freya. These are probably things that Odin has answers for already. Odin already knows, I imagine, because he knows everything. Yeah. And so, like, I think it leads to a feeling of, like, poignancy that I don't know if any of the God of War titles managed or even would have fit in really... I mean, like, they definitely managed, like, in a different way and wouldn't have worked it, right? Like, to me, Eritrace is kind of, like, heel turn for half an hour is particularly jarring and particularly kind of like, whoa, like, what is this? Because it is a Greek god in a North world, and it is like, oh, you don't... Like, this is not how... This is not how we act. This is not how this goes here in this version. And it, is, it makes it, I think, particularly jarring, right? Because Kratos has become... He's kind of lost his Greek heritage in a way. That in that and Eritreus has felt powerless the entire time, basically. He's been yeah. running in Kratos' shadow. Kratos is doing everything. He's lifting, like, almost literal mountains. Like, yeah. running up dragons, ripping their heads off. And Eritreus is just shooting his bow at missing, and then he's getting yelled at. But yeah. this is his first, like, example. or This is, like, a justification of why he's here, because, like, I do have real power. And now he's just going to immediately abuse it. He's like the... The cop or the bully in high school that becomes a cop because he just needs yeah. the power trip. But it's interesting to see Kratos recognize that. Yeah. Um, as a person who was that. And um, Kratos, yeah, that's the thing, Kratos, the fact that Kratos isn't that anymore. Like every, every, I felt, to me at least, like every time Kratos killed anything in this game, he did it very reluctantly. He did it, He I mean, not even very, like, he, he very obviously did not want to be doing this. Like, whether it was something, like, small or large, I feel like he understood kind of the the weight and consequences and almost worth of the things around him, right? Like, the like lesson early on where, like, they're going hunting for the deer, right? Yeah, yeah the, and the conversation they the have there. Yeah, Killing like, it quickly I think, because it's respectful to it. And missing yes, it exactly. Is almost, not only is missing it missing it, but it's missing it and not hitting it where you can kill it with one stroke is almost yes. like worse than killing it at all. Exactly. Because the, the, it, you put it in pain, right? Like the fact that like Kratos is like come to understand that now and like understands that weight um, and w- like innate worth of every living creature. Um, I found incredibly like fascinating and well done. And so I think when the moment where like Eritreus kills either Magni or Modi, I can't which one, um, and like kills him, like kicks him off the, and like into the thing. I think in Kratos' immediate reaction was like, "Oh, like I've like I'm failing at like the one thing of like making a son that isn't me and making a son that can't the cycle." Right? And like I think it led to like the, the really interesting exchanges, except for the issue that like Kratos doesn't know how to handle that. He doesn't know how to handle that. He doesn't know how to deal with that because like he learned his thing over a thousand years and also after he literally brought down an entire mythology yeah he had to kill everyone and then fail to kill himself before he learned this lesson and that's the thing too right like like failed to kill himself too right and so like and like i think he's learned the worth of the things around him 
in a way where kind of he like didn't he never lost his powers but kind of like let them go almost in a way like he like quit being a god and so like i feel like becoming the man again over the years with like his wife and in these kind of nordic countries allowed him to kind of come back into touch with like those basic things and now he's like now Kratos is like, I have no desire. I have no desire wish to be a god. I just want to be a man and like just like live out my days. And Eritrace is like, I've only been a man. Maybe I want to give being a god a chance for like a hot right. second and see how that works out for me. And like, he, that kind like of... Kratos has a different relationship. Like Kratos recognizes yes. that like the poisoning power of like killing people. Yes. Like not only for the person like like a personal poisoning, but like you start killing lots of people, people start taking notice. Yes. And if there are, if there if you can exist, there are people like you that can exist who are going to yes. want answers. So killing yes. lots of people and making a big stink about it is only going to draw more people to kill. Yes, that's never like that's always been the truth for Kratos. And then it's what's well, it's just been the truth at large in history itself, right? Where it's like it just, you just create an endless cycle of bloodshed, right, and violence, um, and violence begets violence, and it begets violence, and it begets violence. And right. I think that is maybe unintentionally, but is definitely a theme of the God of War series, right? Where it's just like killing one person doesn't end there and there's some more kind of bloodshed being well shed and i think kratos understands and is like i i know that it's just one individual god here but i also understand that it's never just one individual god because they have deep connections because they're gods right and like he also i think understands that like when gods fight, gods don't just fight, right? Like, the the kind of smaller collateral damage is, like, affected onto the world, right? That, like, the people on the ground whose lives are wrecked by that and ruined by that and the the, the kind of toll takes on, like, nature and the world itself, like, I, he's literally seen it. And so I think he understands that as well, that, like, one, one murder can lead to a sea of blood and destruction and a world on fire and he has no desire to see the day and he's no desire to kind of walk into that nightmare a second time i think and so the kind of the role that kratos plays here right and the kind of the the scars that you can almost see on him that have kind of infected his his soul in a way that he has no desire to pass on to air trace so he doesn't want air trace to be Kratos. that's a thing to me like kratos Kratos' worst fear, worst nightmare to me is Eritrace becomes him. Um, and he, like, has no time for that in his life. He has no desire to see it. Like, he, he'd rather Eritrace never develop a power in his entire life than be like Kratos. And I think that kind of guilt and terror and fear is something that is welcomed, I think, in God War at this point in time for, like, where the series should be at. And I think like lots of these conversations have happened. Yes. Um, but none of them really they all happen in like the pers the, the Kratos to person yeah. sort of angle. But not how Kratos to person has always been a reflection of the mythology the, the cultures in, of these mythologies. Yeah. And how you can watch the cultures change and watch the cultures clash in watching the person change and watching mm-hmm. the Persian clash. So And him and his son clash. Yeah, and who are one like one is a a one culture trying to adapt mm-hmm. to the other, and the other is half one culture and half the other just biologically. Yeah. So like watching, they're both having the same sort of existential, like existential crisis, sort of yeah. like yeah struggles, but for different but similar reasons. 
Um, so that was ba- that's like the the crux of the piece. Like the yeah. same conversations we've been having about God of War since like March. Mm-hmm. Um, but pulling it back away from just Kratos as like a dad and a dude, but more like how Kratos has always just been just like Hercules or just like, you know, Odysseus or Achilles yeah. or any, you know, any hero in Greek myth and how they are just in, in many ways and more how these, how I guess how Corey Barlog and co have respected and appreciated um, how those storytelling tropes and how those designs are so integral to how those characters were made and how he's adapted them to make sure those like bedrock things are intact. Um, So if you never, if you played through God of War and didn't really catch these sort of things, I, a good, a good thing to look out for if you play through it again, um, which might require some homework, but like, I'll read a little bit, read, read some, some good Greek and some good Norse stories. Yeah. You start start seeing like the parallels, um, or maybe don't even read the stories, but like look up Zeus, look up Odin. Like who are yeah. these people? Freya and Poseidon, like Freya and, the, and like Hades and like and, forest yeah. witches. Like like, there's a lot here that you don't appreciate happening until you see it, and you're like, wow, this is bigger mm-hmm. than just you telling a story about Kratos. You're telling a story about one entire culture versus the other, and how they're like yeah. the exact opposites, and how clashing. And how that can almost adapt like today, like how the how mortality can allow us to walk down similar paths and how really it's all based on fear. How like the worst things that can happen happen based on irrational fear or an overreaction to that fear. Um for the gods it was a fear for, for Kratos it was a fear of death. That got yes. that made him sign a pact with Ares that started this whole mess for him, mm-hmm. and then for the Greek gods, it was a fear of Kratos, mm-hmm. um, and like the balance of the world, but like Kratos specifically, <laughs> and then move on. Moving on, Kratos's fear was himself and living. Like, yeah, what's the point if I can never be fine? And this is what I've done to the world. What have I even been living in? And then Athena, like, kind of being the only person around to, like, be like, yo, we can rebuild it. And now he's, like, now it's a fear of, like, he's perpetuated a cycle. Like, everything he's tried to do. And, like, not only is he the problem, but there's no solution. Mm -hmm. Moving on to him coming back to this new world, he's sort of subsided this fear. But he always lives in the fear of being found out. He just wants to live sort of peacefully until then. But, of course, he gets found out, then gets discovered, and the things that find him don't leave. And everyone, and now that upsets the entire ecosystem, and they all live in fear of him. And that collapses. That starts Ragnarok. The fear of Kratos starts Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, and fear is one of those stories, anything, that, that is pervasive in all cultures of story because humans all die. And usually the characters or the stories that are supposed to be the most morally centered – or the most inspiring or wise are the ones who come to terms with it versus the ones that don't. Yes. Um, and I, again, in that same so. anthropological sort of 
mindset, God of War plays and plays those same strings. Yes. Um, so I think it's storytelling wise, you know, maybe beat by beat, plot by plot point. It's like whatever. Overall, though, I think it's a very interesting um, adaptation mm-hmm. of that sort of storytelling. Absolutely. That I don't think gets appreciated enough. Yes, I agree. And also, I would say as a final thing, I agree with everything Jared just said. Like, do do some like just read about these kind of mythological figures in both mythologies, and like you don't necessarily have to read the stories, but also like you should definitely read the Odyssey because it is almost literally the template for every story that came after. And certainly, every road trip story is the Odyssey. Every yeah. journey story is the Odyssey, and also because Final like Fantasy fifteen is the Odyssey, and also because like low key, the Odyssey is like. A mashpiece for a story that is, I mean, it's it's a mashpiece. It's incredible. Um, so just like maybe read that one if you ever read like, well, maybe read that one. Like, but like otherwise, yeah, like it's Kratos's journey and evolution and arc over these four games is up and down, hilly, rocky at times, hit or miss, inconsistent. But it, what it always seems to be is true to the mythology that it is immersed and covered in right and like whether it's the first three games and greek mythology or the new game and um north mythology like it is always true to what it is covering whether it is the highs and lows and the human stories right and like the inhumanity within humans and also i think the the humanity right and like the better angels within us or at least like the striving to reach those um certainly by like god war four i think that that kind of second point is true um, to end of this cycle. And so it's just mythology, man. It's fascinating. Yes, Check, it shout, shout out to mythology. You know what I mean? Like one time at least, maybe, maybe two. And I'm pretty, I like to take inspiration from outside of games to sort of apply to games. Me, I think me and you both game. do, I think really do. Um, like there are great, like honestly stories, many, like, like you mentioned, lots of stories come from mythology. Like yes. every travel almost, story almost everyone, is the yeah. Odyssey. Yeah. Um, any story about, like, any revenge story, or not revenge story, but a story about ignoring the risks to be paid back later is probably maybe not based on Beowulf, but very much related to Beowulf. Being as yeah. bra- You can be as brave as possible and do something, but if someone tells you not to, or you believe you're stronger than this thing that, that everyone knows isn't this very, you know, elemental thing. You are probably not better than it. And you yeah. might be now. You might be for 20 years, but at t- you 21, something's coming back for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's Absolutely. It, it, stories about, you know, being too prideful, being the, the being too lustful, mm-hmm. putting yourself in front of the needs of yourself for the needs of the people. Yeah, um, they are the, all the based. full. Every story you've spectrum, played in a video game yeah. has probably been a myth at some point. Yes, absolutely. The full spectrum of human emotions and feelings and thoughts are conveyed in classic mythology across the globe, um, and they are, I mean, literally the foundations of. I mean, every, like you said, every story that you've heard is some form became first from a mythology, or like a mythological story, or a character, or event. Um, and it is, I mean, just humanity kind of spoken over the years until it has kind of become these written stories. 
Um, and it's just, it's, there is something to be said for how well crafted and told and layered and complicated and messy, um, but also searingly insightful um, and nuanced classic mythologies are and the stories and characters involved in them. They, they're over-the-top soap opera characters, certainly in Greek mythology, but they also produce brilliant, brilliant, brilliant um, lines and words about humanity and the human condition and who we are deep down in both our very, very darkest, lowest moments and also our finest, shining moments and everything in between and how maybe we are just in between that, right? And they've produced some of the finest characters in all of human history. Um, I look at Odysseus again as one of them, but also ones that are far more, not more complicated, but far less endearing, but no less kind of powerful in the, the stories you have to tell, right? And so, yeah, again, mythology is, it is the bedrock of storytelling in humanity in virtually every sense.